Hey everyone, welcome to the Home Mods Monday podcast. My name is Dan Elliott, Occupational Therapist and Director of Partnerships with Jukebox Health. Today I'm going to be talking about the typical costs of a home modification project. This is something that we get asked about all the time. Uh, it's one of the major considerations that people have before making the investment into their home and modifying it for safety. People want to know what they're getting into before investing in their home. Uh, some people are thinking about moving out or downsizing or going to assisted living or something like that. And other people, um, unfortunately, are in a bind. Uh, maybe the adult, ch- the adult child is helping their parent um, get discharged home from the hospital and they need to get something done really quickly, but they're not exactly sure how much they want to invest, how long their mom or dad's going to be in rehab, or if they're going to end up having to go to assisted living. So this conversation around cost is something that we have with families all the time. Before getting into the specifics of what each type of modification might cost, I think it's important to talk about the current landscape of funding options for home modifications. Really commonly, we we get asked, is this covered by insurance? The reason people ask that is because home modifications are so closely linked to health, wellness, and function that people automatically group it into a healthcare option or benefit. The reality is, is that home modifications, although they are for for health, the healthcare system currently sees it as upgrades to your home or structural changes to the home. And right now, as a lot of you listeners probably know, you might've worked with patients in the past or helped them navigate safety equipment or modifications. There's essentially two categories um, of modifications and equipment, one being DME, durable medical equipment. These are your commodes, walkers, wheelchairs, canes, uh, hospital beds, oxygen oxygen tanks, things like that. Uh, Those are covered by your typical Medicare plan and and supplemental insurance. Um, However, those are really not permanent solutions. They're sort of quick fixes to somebody coming home or somebody having an acute issue where they may end up not needing that in the future. Whereas home modifications, as I mentioned earlier, they're structural changes. They're physical changes to the home, grab bars, doorway widening, ramps, elevators, things like that, that are going to last longer term um, and are a longer term solution. Unfortunately, Typical Medicare and a supplemental insurance is not going to cover home modifications. And a lot of private insurances currently are not covering that as well. But going into some of the funding sources for home modifications, Medicaid actually has really great funding, especially in New York, where I'm from. They have really great funding through their EMODS program for individuals uh, who want to stay home and not go to a nursing home. And if you think about it, if Medicaid or New York State is paying for all of this person's care, they're not going to want to send them to a nursing home, which is going to be way more expensive than if they actually just stayed in their home. So Medicaid is doing something really smart and saying, hey, we're going to invest in this person. Uh, one of the programs they have is the Nursing Home Transition and Diversion Waiver waiver Program. That covers around $15,000 of home modifications. And I believe they're just starting to change it that you can, um, you're entitled to $45,000 of home modifications within a three-year period. So that means one year, if something happens, you could essentially remodel your bathroom, get a ramp and all this other really cool things that can help you 
stay home. So that's one area that we're really excited about that has funding for home modifications. There's also things you may have seen this in the news like HUD grants. Um, there's new funding available, but predominantly for nonprofit uh, organizations or offices on aging can apply for these grants and help out their community members. There's also workers' compensation and personal injury as well, where that person is going to be able to access funds, but usually because something happened to them, they had a workplace injury, or unfortunately, they were in some sort of accident that wasn't their fault and, and reached a settlement. And they're going to have a pool of funds to be able to afford those, those modifications. But I have to say that a majority of the people that we work with are older adults. They're in a situation where they have Medicare and a supplemental, and they always ask, is this covered by insurance? And the reality is uh, a lot of times it's not, it's, it's actually an out-of-pocket expense. Uh, we like to think of it as an investment in home safety. And the first thing that we discuss with families when talking about the cost for home modifications is what is your plan? Do you plan to stay home for a long period of time? Do you plan to stay in your own home forever? Is there a plan to move out eventually? Because that's going to dictate how much that person might be willing to invest into their home, especially if there are financial limitations as well. There's a lot of cost-effective solutions that could work for one to three years, keeping in mind that person's prognosis and, and current abilities. And then there's also much longer-term solutions that we know are going to work no matter the situation in their own home as well, but are going to be more expensive. And then also we're at the same time thinking about, are we doing enough to make sure that this person is safe and not falling again in their home or declining significantly, because then we're just causing them to have to move sooner if they're having falls and hospitalizations and going to rehab and things like that. So it's this fine line between understanding what can this person and this family invest in their home now to keep them safe there and not going to the hospital versus, you know, what can we do longer term if the person is choosing to do that? So that's sort of some of the conversations we have with families around making home modifications, making changes to their home. So a lot of you are probably listening just to, you know, just basically to hear, okay, what do these different things cost? And I'm going to give the the sort of annoying answer that you you might hear from other people too, but it, it really depends. And, and I'll explain why. Everybody's situation is different. Um, and everybody's home is different as well. Uh, across the U.S., there's all different types of homes, types of buildings, apartments, co-ops, condos, residential housing. Some houses are set up completely inaccessible, and that person wants to stay there. Um, other out, other houses, maybe outside of New York, um, you know, are built with accessibility in mind a, a little bit more. Um, but it really depends um, on the specific situation. What where which is why it's really important to always have, you know, someone advocating you for you on your behalf. Um, this could be like an occupational therapist or a clinician, somebody who's really helping you make sense of it all, both from an investment perspective financially, but also from a, a clinical and medical necessity perspective as well. So we can get right into it. What we're seeing at Jukebox Health, the average cost of our home modification packages or, or projects is going to be anywhere between $800 and $1,200. And typically what that would entail is 
installing some grab bars, a handheld shower, shower chairs, a bed rail, installing lighting, putting down rug tape, um, and a few other things as well. That's sort of like your, your basic, kind of what we see all the time package. Uh, the reason why it can be close to $800 is because you also have the labor piece to keep in mind as well. It's interesting, the, the actual modifications, the grab bar, the chair, et cetera, are actually not that expensive. It's it's the labor. Uh, when you're bringing you know, a licensed contractor in to make sure things are done right, to make sure grab bars are drilled into the wall and mounted to the wall properly, you are paying a little bit more of a premium. At Jukebox Health, we have a guarantee. We make sure that workmanship is really high. So you're getting some of that security when you're doing a home modification project, as opposed to just kind of grabbing some person you don't know or handyman off the street, um, and you're not really sure what their their liability insurance looks like and, and all of those things as well. So that's typically the average home modification package. Again, there's going to be other things that might be interchanged or with that as well, such as like a doorway threshold repair, maybe replacing the toilet with a comfort height toilet. And that's where you sort of get into that $800 to $1,200 range. Um, but there's also the individual things as well and the individual modifications. So for example, installing a grab bar, it's typically gonna be between a 100 and $200 per grab bar. Uh, the reason for the range is because it actually depends on what type of um, material the grab bar is going into. So simply mounting a grab bar into tile, the grab bar might cost you know, $20, $30. And then the labor piece might cost another $70 to $100. So like $100 to $130. But then if you're installing a grab bar into, let's say, um, a fiberglass shower insert where there's not really any uh, studs or mounting behind there, you're going to have to put in specialty mounting equipment. It's going to require more labor time, et cetera. And that's where the price starts to get up to anywhere from like 180 to, to $220 because it really just requires more skill to make sure that that grab bar is securely in place. Moving on to things like uh, lighting, this is also gonna vary a lot. There's automated LED light strips that are actually pretty cost-effective. They're you know between 20 to $30 for a roll of the LED lights that are I think around like 12 to 15 feet. Um, so you can purchase that and install it yourself. It has an adhesive backing. Uh, it's really easy to install and set up. But at the same time, if you want something that's a little bit longer lasting and a higher quality product and putting in some smart lighting, that's where you're going to want, you know, a lighting specialist or uh, a contractor to come in and make sure that everything is set up properly. So those lighting systems can cost anywhere from, you know, 50 to $80 all the way to, you know, potentially $1,000, depending on how many lights and what kind of system that you're putting in uh, as well. I'm a huge advocate for, for proper lighting. I think it's so important, especially as the older adults in our community are getting up at night and, uh, and using the bathroom. And especially as we're seeing it's getting darker earlier, uh, we really want to make sure that the lights in people's homes are functioning properly I'm a huge advocate for motion sensor lighting so that you don't even have to think about turning on the switch. Everything is just lit up and um, making it a little less likely that the person is gonna trip on something that they don't see. Moving on to the next sort of set of modifications, you have doorway widening or 
doorway threshold repairs. Again, doorway widening is going to vary. Um, it really depends on what's around the door. So for example, let's say we're widening a doorway to get into a bathroom. One side of the wall is regular sheetrock, uh, maybe on the hallway side. And in the bathroom side, maybe the other, it's, uh, the other side is tile, right? Maybe there's even a light switch as well. So that's going to mean having to remove the tile, replace it, also replace the electrical, replace the outlet as well to a, so that it's outside of the new doorway width. Um, but at the same time, you could also have a situation where it's a really easy doorway widening where there's sheetrock on both sides and you're simply just widening the, the space. And I say simply, I'm not a contractor. I know the contractors uh, are the experts in that, but maybe it's simple for them. Um, so that is going to range as well for doorway widening. It could be anywhere from 1800 all the way up to 26 to 2800, uh, especially if lighting and um, light switches have to be moved and there's retiling that needs to be done. Um, and also if it's a, a load bearing wall as well, um, there's some special things that people will have to, the contractors will have to do to make sure that the wall is still load bearing while they're widening the door as well. Um, so again, a majority of that cost goes into the labor, um, but this is such an important um, aspect of accessibility because if you're in a wheelchair or you're utilizing a walker and you can't get into your bathroom just because of the doorway, that's going to be a reason that you're going to want to invest into widening that doorway and accessing your bathroom again. Keeping in line with uh, doorways, you also have the doorway threshold repairs. This is when you see, you know, leading into the bathroom, there's an inch or even two inch lip to step into the bathroom. I've seen patients who have two and a half, three inches even, and they, it's basically a step up into the bathroom and they have a really hard time navigating with their walker or their rollator. So having a graded doorway threshold or just repairing it so that it's a little more flush can really help reduce the risk for falls. Uh, these typically average between 800 to $1,000. You're taking out the existing doorway threshold, you're putting in a new one, making sure it's sized correctly, and also making sure that the grade is uh, the proper grade as well. So you can not worry about falling on your way in there. The next set of modifications, and these are pretty common ones, is ramps, stair lifts, elevators, and vertical platform lifts. These also vary in cost, and I'll go into detail as to why those might change. And the first one that I'm going to start with is, is ramps. For ramps, it really depends on how long the ramp is going to be, if there's any turns, um, and also if any platforms are required um, at the start of the ramp. So most ramp projects are going to cost anywhere between $2,500 and $6,000. This might be for 12 to 18 inch rise on the lower end, and then all the way up to a 36 inch rise on the upper end for that five to $6,000 range. If there's enough room to go straight out, say from the doorway all the way to where the landing area is, and there's no turns required, it's going to be cheaper because there's not going to be any platforms or turns required. Where the cost starts to go up is when you have the five by five platforms um, and the ramp has to sort of traverse around the property. What that means is you're going to need more ramp material um, and also the platform as well. And then the other thing to think about in terms of cost is how big is the uh, porch or stoop area? If it, 
is not five by five, you're really going to want to overlay that stoop area with an existing ramp platform so that it's safe and accessible for the person who's going to be using the ramp. The other thing is uh, stair lifts. So there's indoor stair lifts, outdoor stair lifts, straight stair lifts, curved stair lifts. And this pricing is going to change as well. Can be anywhere from $3,200 for you know a really simple straight stair lift all the way up to $12,000 for a curved stair lift. And I'll explain why that is. So the straight stair lifts, the manufacturers already have fabricated them. So it's just a straight track and they get the chair and basically the track is drilled into the actual stairs. It doesn't drill into the wall for most of the um, brands. However, a curved stair lift is gonna require specific measuring and it's also gonna require the manufacturer to custom fabricate the rail that the chair is gliding on as well. So curved stair lifts or stair lifts that go straight up and make a right-hand turn or a left-hand turn, those are gonna cost significantly more. And then also for outdoor stair lifts, those tend to cost a little bit more just because the material has to be more durable. And also in terms of labor, a lot of times they're, they're drilling into the concrete um, and everything like that. The other home modification that people ask about is vertical platform, platform lifts and elevators. So stair lifts are great, but the person to be able to transfer or someone to transfer the, the person with max assist or, you know, even use a Hoyer lift as well. But the elevators and vertical platform lifts are really great because it allows somebody who's in a wheelchair to be able to access multiple levels. So the first one, vertical platform lifts, what's required is enough space for the wheelchair to exit and enter the platform lift. So if there's not enough space, that's going to increase the cost because you're going to want to expand the existing uh, surface area of the porch or wherever it may be. The other thing is, is there level ground where the vertical platform lift is landing as well? Sometimes uh, a concrete landing is ha has to be poured um, and that's going to increase the cost as well. But for the majority of the vertical platform lifts, they're going to be anywhere from ten to $14,000 in cost. The platform lifts typically come in standard tower sizes. So if you've ever seen the vertical platform lifts, obviously you have the cab where the wheelchair goes. And then next to it, there's a tower essentially. And the towers are made in, I believe, six to eight foot standards. And then it goes up to 12 feet. So I actually live in Long Beach, New York, where a lot of the houses are raised. So they require those higher towers so that they can go all the way up to the raised part of their home. So that's the cost for vertical platform lifts. And then the other one is indoor elevators. So Stilts is a really amazing elevator company. They make beautiful indoor elevators. They spe they're specifically designed with accessibility in mind and wheelchair users. Those are gonna run anywhere from 28,000 to 35,000. The reason for that is one, it's an elevator. Um, so there's more material, it's just a more expensive product. But also what is required in terms of the labor, uh, you actually have to cut a hole in the ceiling. If you're on the first floor, it's the ceiling. If you're on the second floor, it's the floor. And they're cutting a hole and creating a track system. It's typically two beams that the elevator is gonna be going up and down in. So they have to remove a piece of 
uh, the floor if you're on the second level, the ceiling if you're on the first level. And they have to cut it exactly to specification. They have to install the beams. They have to install the elevator. They have to, you know, make sure that when the elevator is on one level, the other level is a flat surface and there's no, um, there's no threshold where the top of the elevator is or anything like that. So there's a lot of specifications. It requires a designated technician to install it. Um, and it just requires a few more days of, of work and labor as well. So that's why those elevators typically cost what they cost between 28 and 35,000. I was working with an individual who was considering getting an elevator. Um, unfortunately, she was in a wheelchair, but she really wanted to be able to go all over her house, but she wasn't sure about investing that amount of money into an indoor elevator for her home. She knew she wanted to stay home. And we had just a really simple conversation. I said to her, you know, cost was a big factor. So I said, what is the second floor of your home worth? And she said it was worth a lot more than the cost of this elevator. And I said, well, you're never going to get to use the second floor of your home. So, you know, does this investment in the elevator outweigh the cost of the second level of your home and not being able to use it? Um, and after that, having that conversation, which really required no convincing for me, I was just sort of laying everything out there. It was an easy decision for her to use the elevator. And she's so, so happy because she's able to really maintain the same way that she was living. She would have had to move her bedroom to the first floor in the living room. And she had like to have company and family over. So she was really happy that things got to really stay the same in her home and in terms of both how it, her home looked, but also how she used her home. The last thing I'll talk about, and this is a common project, is accessible bathrooms. So this one, it also varies, of course. You can kind of get a basic accessible bathroom done, but you can also get like a luxury bathroom remodel as well. A really simple tub replacement and shower insert can cost anywhere from $8,000 to $12,000, but what you're going to get is a completely accessible shower. These shower inserts, you can get them from Home Depot or anywhere like that. And what it comes down to is the contractors going in, taking out the tub, making sure the bathroom is waterproof, and then inserting the existing shower insert. It's typically those shower inserts that are made of fiberglass um, that you've seen. The other way to remodel a bathroom is to completely gut it and create a wet floor so that the entire bathroom is waterproof. And that is when the cost starts to go up to twenty-five to $35,000. That difference in twenty-five dollars to $35,000 really depends on the, personal, the person's personal preferences. So you can do a really simple bathroom remodel with the wet floor and accessible toilet, accessible shower, et cetera, probably in that twenty dollars to $25,000 range. But if you're looking at really nice tiles, some automated motion-sensored lighting, maybe a pocket door, maybe a Toto bidet, a really nice vanity, everything like that, all the bells and whistles, then you're looking at investing thirty dollars to $35,000 in that bathroom remodel. With that said, though, it's going to posit most likely positively influence uh, the resale value of the home too. This is something that also comes up a lot with families. They always ask, oh, what about the resale value of the home? Remodeling your bathroom and 
upgrading it is going to increase the value of it, especially if it's a nice modern looking bathroom with zero step entry um, and all of those things. So that's just a little bit of a snapshot into the typical costs of a home modification project. Hopefully that was helpful. I know on the Jukebox Health website, we have all of the pricing listed for the different products. Also, it's always good to do due diligence, ask contractors what labor prices would be, find out what prices for different home modification products are. But at the end of the day, it's really important to talk to this person about what their goals are and what they want to be able to do in their home and how long they want to stay there. That makes the conversation a little bit easier for the cost of the modifications and the investment that they want to make. So my information is in the show notes. Feel free to visit us at jukeboxhealth.com. That is everything about the typical cost of a home modification project. Looking forward to having you listen in on the next podcast. All right. Thanks so much for listening. Bye, everyone.